I have to admit, <clears throat> I got a, a text at about 6.50 this morning <laughs> asking if I was awake. And uh, af after the next message, I was very awake. <laughs> um, <clears throat> if uh, the pastor's watching, please uh, don't watch too closely. Um, I do want to say a prayer real quick before we begin. So, Heavenly Father, I thank you for the opportunity to speak in your name. Um, you are the Word. Um, and I pray, Lord, that you use your Holy Spirit to guide and direct uh, the words that come out of my mouth so that they are your words. Uh, that what we hear and learn from your scripture is um, food for our souls and uh, helps guide us in the direction that you would have us go. So, as Leo said, I, I pray for your guidance and direction uh, with the message this morning and uh, your blessing on the, on the message and the rest of the service. And we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. So, I have to admit, um, I was like, well, maybe I could bring a couple of sermons that I've done down to track or something like that. And, you know, it's, it's almost like... You know, when you're when you're praying in public to, with some other people, you know, uh, it's it's easy if you don't know them. <laughs> um, you know, at the track, you know, I've gotten to know a lot of people down there and stuff like that. And, you know, I do a Sunday morning service down there, but usually it's only 15 minutes. So the good news is, <laughs> it might be pretty quick. Bad news is, I'm using a, the pastor's notes. So if I follow him directly through, it'll be about the same length. But. Uh, but really, it's it, it's difficult to stand up here. But it's um, it's such a marvelous opportunity to to be able to bring God's message today. So I decided to continue to go with what uh, the pastor had because, uh, and I know, and I know now why he called me <laughs> to do it this morning because it's about superheroes and. Uh, for those of you that do know me, or maybe uh, don't, you know, back at Ian's age, which, hi Ian, if you hadn't seen, he's back there today. But uh, anyway, so I had, at his age, I had 4,500 comic books. Uh, I used to collect comic books as a kid, all first editions, everything. I saved uh, 30 of my favorite ones, and they, they sit in a safe in my, uh, <laughs> in my house now. Uh, you know, everything back to a, a 1967 X-Men number six. Um, now, secretly, Ian said that, uh, you know, the pastor sitting there, he's not really sick. He just didn't want to be outed as a, uh, as a uh, geek <laughs> about superheroes. But actually, looking through his notes here, I can see that he uh, doesn't know really uh, the detail that I do about, <laughs> about these guys. But it's, uh, it's interesting. How many times have, uh, I mean, in history, I mean, we have the movies today, we have DC, we have Marvel, we have, in fact, we went yesterday to go see a Marvel movie. <laughs> so, uh, but, you know, all the way through history, we have heroes. Um, you know, these days it's, you know, Thor, whoever, the Hulk, uh, he brings up Superman, and that's DC, I was always a Marvel guy. But, um, you know, throughout history, we have Hercules, we have, um, I forgot who I written down, but, uh, yeah, Hercules, Perseus, uh, Robin Hood, King Arthur, Merlin, 
you know, all these people had extraordinary uh, talents uh, to be able to overcome whatever adversity they had in their lives. And uh, the message today is going to be about that. But when you're thinking about that right now, think about who your favorite superhero is. Um, I had to think about that too, and I, I threatened to play a video this morning, but uh, the one that sticks out in my, in my mind whenever, uh, whenever I think about this is uh, Bicycle Repairman. Uh, Bicycle Repairman was a skit done by a Monty Python troupe. You may not know who that is, I don't know. But uh, Monty Python did a lot of stuff like uh, Monty Python and the Holy Grail, little things like that. But it was an interesting, interesting skit that, that stuck out in my mind because the whole, the whole um, world was filled with nothing but superheroes. So it was the average guy that had to do the average thing who became a superhero. You may remember that theme if you've ever seen The Incredibles. You know, the whole goal of the, uh, the villain in that one was to make everybody super so nobody was. Interesting thought, huh? But, you know, we all have, we possibly have our own uh, special superheroes, you know, whether it be Wonder Woman, Batman, you know, maybe Christian Bale Batman, you know, <laughs> whichever one you prefer. I, I prefer uh, Adam West. I know you don't know who that is. <laughs> But anyway, so there are a lot of heroes, um, but specifically, uh, we're going to talk about the Fantastic Four. Fantastic Four, Marvel heroes, um, you know, what I did notice uh, in these notes right here, he didn't know the names of them, so I'll tell you who they are. Reed Richards, Sue Storm, Johnny Storm, and uh, Ben Grimm. Um, they were, they were all, they were kind of, well, as two of them were siblings, um, you know, Reed Richards was already a scientist, but through extraordinary circumstances, they had their DNA changed and they each obtained a certain ability, um, you know, and that helped them to further on with whatever it was they were doing, you know, whether it be science, whether it be, you know, now they could fight uh, evil, you know, on an even footing. And they had a nemesis too, just like most of them do. But the interesting thing about them is, uh, not necessarily them, but uh, when they had these extra abilities, they, they chose to use them for the greater good. Um, I'd also like to point out just a couple other uh, heroes that, uh, that are mentioned, and that's uh, Spider-Man and Superboy. You know, Spider-Man comes to mind uh, specifically because he was a young man, you know, a teenager at the time, you know, when he was bitten by a spider. You've probably seen the movies. But, uh, and then there was a Miles Morales after that. It was, you can tell I, I know all this stuff about the heroes, but um, they were all kids. And so what's interesting about that is uh, when we, we talk about our heroes. Do you have any biblical heroes? I mean, obviously Jesus, you know, maybe the disciples, maybe, um, you know, somebody specific, somebody that did something specific. Uh, maybe it's Samson, you know, strength. He was like Hercules. As a matter of fact, if you think about it, there's a lot of heroes in the Bible that were mirrored in Greek mythology. Look at it someday. You'll find it interesting. But, um, 
God takes ordinary people and does extraordinary things with them. So the Fantastic Four that we're going to talk about today is, well, we'll start out with three of them. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Um, and well, I guess there are four because Daniel's with him too. So interestingly enough, when we started talking about uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, um, they were four young teenagers. Daniel's a bit possibly the, the oldest out of all of them, but uh, at least the others we know were teenagers, probably about the 14-year-old range. And so they were hauled off to Babylon because uh, the king of Babylon wanted the very best of all the, uh, the nations he conquered. So when he conquered Israel, he, uh, or the Hebrews at the time, um, he took all their best folks and wanted to assimilate them into, in, into the Babylonian or, Ch or Chaldean um, culture. So he took these uh, four gentlemen. And so we know the names of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. That was actually their given Chaldean names. Um, they were originally called Daniel, Hananiah, uh, Mishael, and Azariah. And those are the Hebrew names. Interestingly enough, we always use uh, Daniel, but do you know what his uh, do you know what his Chaldean or Babylonian name was? Belteshazzar. It's uh, probably because it's too many syllables. People just don't want to keep up with Daniel. It's much easier. But these these four stand out as heroes of the people at the time. Uh, and while we're not going to talk specifically about Daniel, do you remember what Daniel uh, was known for? Daniel in the lion's den, you know? So each one of these um, heroes at the time stood up for their faith, you know, Daniel being first. And then these three here, which uh, they, um, when they were first assimilated into the culture, they wanted to teach them all together at the same time. They wanted them all to eat the same things, almost like basic training, you know, so to speak. So. What they did is they um, they wanted to eat whatever uh, you know whether the the king ate and so on and so forth. They he had prepared they had prepared meals and things like that, but uh, they made it pretty clear right off the bat that they didn't want to uh, defile themselves in any way. Uh, they were going to stick with their faith, and part of that had to do with um, you know there was meat that was going to be served to them. Um, you know, from the altar of uh, the other gods, and they wouldn't eat that meat. And so they challenged their, their uh, whoever was uh, taking care of them at the time, their leader, whatever, uh, and they said, hey, you know what? We're going to trust in God with this. If you'll just let us eat vegetables, then uh, you will see that, um, you know, God will bless this and you won't have any problem. Because the guy was worried about his job and not doing a good job and having, you know, a skinny, um, not good represent, representatives of the kingdom, you know, when he, when he goes to present them to the king. So they, they stood up for their faith right from the very beginning. But we're going to focus on the fantastic out of these four. Um, Pretty much after that, uh, they started excelling in everything. And so the Lord truly did bless their, uh, their faith and their stance that they took in believing in Him. So um, they were each given 
uh, special positions and uh, special authority within the kingdom. But as usual, they have that, uh, that foe in the background. In this case, it was a bunch of um, political leaders and uh, astrologers that did not like the fact that uh, they had these, had and exercised these gifts and, uh, you know, were in positions of power, whether it be, you know, just the fact that uh, they were different whether the fact that they didn't uh, worship the way they were supposed to, or maybe they just didn't conform to the world, um, they got noticed. That's something else that we should take notice about, too. So Daniel, uh, if you remember, he was, uh, his gift was about interpreting dreams. And so he had interpreted a dream for the king, and, um, but the interpretation of the dream was... Uh, wasn't all that great um, so the astrologers and um, these other leaders and stuff they wanted to kind of um, they wanted a better picture for the king in other words they thought that if uh, they could get Daniel out of the way that they could paint a happier future for the king so that led to him in the, the lion's den but there was another incident right after that. They, they just kept trying all this time to get them out of the way. Um, but God had other plans. So the other thing that they were doing was that the king had set up a, uh, an idol for himself. And uh, this golden statue, whenever certain music was played, you were supposed to bow down to the statue. And, um, you know, whether or not it was a... I mean, obviously it played to his ego, but you know it was probably also a tool of these other uh, individuals to uh, to eventually get to these uh, these four religious dudes that would not uh, they knew would not conform to something like that because of their past experience with them. So, um, as expected, when this music was played and these four individuals didn't bow down, three in particular that they were focused on at the time. Um, so they, uh, they brought it up to the king, you know, saying, these three guys here, they're disrespecting you. And um, you should probably do something about it, otherwise it's going to cause a lot of problems in the land. Um, so they were brought before the king, and the, the king um, re reiterated the fact that, uh, you know, it was his command, and the punishment for it was, uh, was death by fiery furnace. And... When he, when he saw that they didn't uh, bow down, he said, uh, who is your God that should deliver you out of my hand? Um, so once again, these three teenagers stood up in their faith and said three things that were very important. Um, these aren't the sermon points, but uh, they wanted to affirm these three things that God may permit it, permit it to be so that they're punished, but he was able to deliver them. And even if he wasn't, they still were going to obey him. So the king was very upset with them. And so he ordered that the furnace be prepared at seven times the normal um, heat that it had been on other days. And then he was going to have the, uh, the three men or three young boys thrown into the fire um 
I'll read that section right now. And this is out of Daniel 3, uh, verses 24 through 25. After, this is after, uh, after he had thrown them in the fire. Then Nebuchadnezzar the king was astonished and rose up in haste and spake and said unto his counselors, Did not we cast three men bound into the midst of the fire? And they answered and said unto the king, True, O king. He answered and said, Lo, I see four men loose, walking in the midst of the fire, and they have no hurt. And the form of the fourth is like the Son of God. So, <coughs> interestingly enough, um, he had, the king had the furnace up seven times what it was supposed to be. It even says, uh, you know, in the verses here that I was reading through this morning that, uh, you know, when the, the guards that were ordered to throw them in, it was so hot that when they threw them in, it consumed them as well. So, not exactly sure how the king could get close enough so he could see that there's a fourth person in there, but uh, maybe it was very, very obvious. Uh, I've seen several different pictures because I, you know, I choose some of these pictures here. Um, but it was probably very obvious that something extraordinary was going on. And so, obvious, or so... Let's uh, let's focus on the fact that these three these three guys um, they had taken a stand. They were given certain gifts, uh, or I should say, they were given certain abilities, uh, not necessarily gifts. I mean, uh, Joey talked about spiritual gifts earlier this morning, and um, and there are very specific gifts that people are given, um, and those things are helped or supposed to be able to help build the kingdom. And as uh, Chris was pointing out, you know, all those colors, you know, I like to think of mosaics and, uh, and um, stained glass windows and things like that, you know, all the different colors that come together to create these beautiful pictures. Um, but we're gonna focus on four things that they carried with them into the fire today, or on that day. And in Daniel uh, 117, it lists these four things that these Hebrew boys carried into the fire. Um, as for these four children, God gave them knowledge and skill in all learning and wisdom. And Daniel had understanding in all visions and dreams. So that kind of speaks to what they were doing. Um, and as far as them being in, in positions of power and stuff like that, uh, as a matter of fact, after Daniel had interpreted the, the dreams of the king, um, he was offered, you know, a high position in the land. He eventually uh, did do that and did uh, keep that position later on in his life. But he he pointed out uh, these other three guys, and they uh, actually received positions of leadership. Uh, so obviously they demonstrated that. And the four things that uh, God had given them to carry into the fire, uh, as far as the points go, uh, we'll start with knowledge. So knowledge... Um, Knowledge is, uh, the, the, is, is a gift that is, uh, is unique because it gives the, it's not just the knowledge itself, but it's the retention of the knowledge that um, allows the person to acquire vast amounts of information and catalog that information so it can be recalled when necessary. As you can imagine, that would be very useful um, you know, in a leadership role. In 1 Corinthians 12, 8, it says, 
Uh, for to one is given by the Spirit the word of wisdom, to another the word of knowledge by the same Spirit. So, you know, in, in a group like this, you know, not everybody is given the same thing, you know, wisdom, but it might be knowledge. Uh, but both are given by the Spirit according to what, is, uh, what the Spirit feels is necessary for that person to accomplish. Um, so, there are many who have acquired knowledge through hard work and long hours of study. Um, but for others, it seems just uh, very simple for them. And uh, maybe they seem like they haven't done anything at all. And uh, maybe that is truly a gift. But when using it for the kingdom, God wants those uh, with knowledge to, to help and broaden um, the message. Um, so these, uh, obviously, these were, this was given to these uh, three gentlemen. And they chose to use it for the good of their nation and the nation, their captive nation, by the way. You know, because being a leader is not just a, a matter of being a leader in a church or something like that, but it's being a leader in the community around you. Um, so, that's the, uh, that's the first thing we can, we can gather from them. So, they gained leadership through knowledge and used it in their community. The second thing would be skill. And skill refers to uh, development of proficiency. This, uh, the skill that they had um, might have been leadership, might have been something, uh, something specific. Maybe they were good with, uh, with money or something like that. Maybe they were good military leaders. Um, I'm not sure it really says exactly what they were good with. But uh, anybody, uh, I think Joey can uh, attest to this as well, anybody that's been in like a electrician's uh, program or something like that, you typically have apprentice journeymen and craftsmen. And uh, so in each one of those skill levels, you know, you work over a period of time and you build on the experience that you have and you work with uh, people that are above you uh, to gain that experience that you need to become, eventually become that craftsman. And when we talk about skill being applied uh, to these, uh, these kids and their leadership, um, you know, however they used it, they still chose to use it within their community, not with not just within their group, but in their community as well. Um, so, a person can become a skilled flora, a floral designer. Um, it can be the same way with a composer or a musician, um, a singer, um, writers, poetry. Um, communicators learn to speak when they get the opportunity. Um, skills are obtained by observing and studying the techniques of those who have mastered that skill. Uh, even the prophet Elisha studied in the school of the prophets. He watched uh, Elijah for a long period of time. Um, Elijah showed him what it took to be a prophet. <laughs> Interestingly enough, he showed him both positive and negative things. And you know, we all take that into life. You can you can even learn from the things that uh, pe people fail at. Uh, he too, uh, Elisha, that is, came, became a skilled uh, prophet and uh, and built on his communication with God. So they carried skill into that furnace. The third thing they uh, brought into it was learning. So obviously these, uh, these boys and young men uh, took a great deal of time to learn. So obviously to 
to be somewhat uh, accepted in the culture. They had to learn the culture, not conform to it, but they had to know it. They had to know about it to be able to communicate on that level. But they also had to learn the language, um, you know, and um, they probably more than likely continued their studies in, the, in their um, in the Torah at the time because they didn't have the New Testament or anything like that. So, um, but learning uh, takes ability and willingness. So, learning isn't really necessarily a skill unless you apply certain skills to learning something. But um, obviously, they they did well enough to be considered experts in, in math and economics. Uh, to become government advisors and officials, and um, they became, you know, experts in Babylon, uh, Babylonian policy. Um, as we pointed out before, they they learned nutrition because they refused unhealthy foods, um, and they were were considered special because of their learning. Um, in Paul's letter to Timothy in Second Timothy two fifteen, that says. Uh, study to show yourselves approved unto God, a workman that needs not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. And followed by that, Proverbs 1.5 says, A wise man will hear and increase learning, and a man of understanding shall attain unto wise counsels. So, we could uh, definitely take their example and use it in our own lives to carry it with us as well, the ability to learn. So uh, the pastor has a, a nice story in here. I'm going to read it. So I'm trying to keep uh, my eyes focused on things and not just read from the book. Hopefully I'm being successful. But uh, this one I'm going to have to read. This, this one kind of touched me too because it's, uh, it, it's very important. It says, a young boy walked along the trail one day and he heard a voice speak to him. The voice said, gather as many stones as you can, and tomorrow you will be both glad and sad. Seeing no one, the boy kept walking, and he heard the voice again, repeating the same message. After hearing the message a third time, the boy decided to pick up a few small stones and put them in his pocket. After doing so, the voice stopped. The next day, the boy walked along the trail, and he heard the voice again with the same message. He decided he had spent enough time picking up stones and wasn't going to spend any more. On the third day, he was going through his pockets and he found the five stones he had picked up the first day were turned into diamonds, rubies, and emeralds and were uh, extremely valuable. He jumped with joy. He was excited over what he had. Then he felt his pockets from the second day and remembered that he hadn't picked up any stones that day. And it was then he heard the voice again, gather as many stones as you can and tomorrow you will be both glad and sad. Glad that you picked up some, but sad that you did not pick up more. So it's the same about learning. Get all you can now because a day will come when you wish you had more. So the last thing that uh, they carried with them into the furnace was wisdom. So when I think of wisdom, you know, I go back to King Solomon. When given the uh, the opportunity to, you know, by God to have whatever it was that he wanted, you know, he was offered riches, he was offered, uh, you know, health, you know, power, so on and so forth. 
Solomon chose wisdom, and that in itself was wisdom, because uh, with wisdom, he had access to all those other things as well. So wisdom is probably one of the most important things that you can carry with you into the fire. Um, as the pastor points out, uh, wisdom in the words of Dr. Uh, Ava Pierce is knowing when to say yes and when to say no, when to hold on and when to let go. Um, almost as poetic as uh, somebody that comes to my mind, not being a pastor, not being a doctor, is uh, what Kenny Rogers said. <laughs> No one to hold him, no one to fold him, no one to walk away, and no one to run. Wisdom? Yeah. Wisdom we can all use and understand. But wisdom is uh, the prudent application of skill and learning at the right time and place. So there are a lot of people who may have skill, knowledge, maybe even learned a lot, but they lack wisdom. So, there are many who learn, or I just said that, sorry. Those who reject wisdom are referred in Scripture as fools. A lot of young people ruin themselves because they act foolishly rather than wisely with their parents, teachers, schoolmates, authority figures. Uh, they've never read the words, or they never applied the words of Proverbs 10.23. It is sport to a fool to do mischief, but a man of understanding has wisdom. If a child uh, disrespects their parents, teachers, and adults, they act foolishly. Um, Proverbs 4.7 sums it up by saying, wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom, and with all they uh, getting, get understanding. So, in all of this, they carried these four things into the fire. Um, those four things are, are things that were given to them, uh, things that they, they sought out, um, things that were entrusted to them. And just like us, uh, we're not going to avoid the fire, especially if we stand up for our faith. Um, we, whether we stand up or not, we're going to face troubles in life, and we need to have some tools uh, to go into that. Um, this is an extreme example. But it's an extraordinary example. It's a fantastic example. Um, so let's talk about that fourth person, the fourth person in the fire. Three of them went in. I've heard some different things. I've read a couple of different things. You know, well, maybe the fourth one was Daniel. Maybe he, maybe he kind of jumped in there at the last second. You know, but I think they would have seen that. I think there was only one entrance to it. I mean, maybe there was a flu and he could have come down like Santa Claus, you know, through the top of it. But um, where would be, I mean, it, it would be extraordinary that it didn't get burned up. But wouldn't it be even better if it's just proof that God himself in the form of Jesus or maybe an angel? But I think, uh, I think it was revealed to the king who it was because he said it looks like, God, looks like the Son of God not an angel. So that tells us if we're following Christ, if we take these things to heart, if we act in wisdom, that it's not that we'll avoid the fire, but that when we're thrown into it, there's somebody with us in there. We've, that's what our songs are about today. 
Um, but that's what, again, what makes it fantastic. The Lord was always with them, not only there, but physically in them with the fire. So, um, the point is that they used uh, used their their gifts and talents to glorify God, not themselves. Um, and that's what we talked about. One of the, the songs that I chose today was that was called "Refining Fire," or had the words "Refining Fire" in it. And um, you know, it talks about gold. It talks about you know precious metals and things like that. Um, in the refining process, you have to heat it up a lot to get what's called dross out of it and uh, to make it more pure. You know, going from 10 karat gold to 24 karat gold. I mean, that's how. Well, I don't. I'm not a metallurgist, but uh, um, to me, it would be more like uh, using flux core welding versus, uh, you know, shielded gas welding. But isn't that right, Joey? <laughs> the welds are so much more beautiful with shielding gas because um, there's not a lot of oxidation. But that's what we get in our lives. We get a lot of stuff, and it's only through. Even if we have all of those four things we take into the fire, they become refined. And that's what, that's what we need because uh, without that, we're not constantly growing. Um, and with refining that, it increases our knowledge the, the, and our ability to help in the community with our families, our folks, anybody that has the needs around us. The better we get at that, uh, the more help we can be. So these three men uh, stood high in the kingdom when the uh, king's trumpet sounded. These uh, three men remained standing when the rest of the kingdom bowed down in submission and reverence to a godlike king. These men stood before the judgment seat of the king on trial for their lives. These three men heard the king uh, when they were asked, will your God deliver you? These three men answered with one resolve. We don't know if God will deliver us, but we know he is able to. Three men watched as the heat of the furnace was raised seven times hotter than usual. Three men were bound and thrown into the fiery furnace in flames of the fire that surround them. Three men suddenly stood in the fire like smoky shadows. But I'll read Daniel 3, 24 and 5 again. Then Nebuchadnezzar the king was astonished, and he rose up in haste and spake and said unto his counselors, Did not we cast three men bound into the midst of the fire? They answered and said unto the king, True, O king. He answered and said, Lo, I see four men loose, walking in the midst of the fire, and they have no hurt. And the form of the fourth is like the Son of God. The fourth man in the fire. He's what made the situation fantastic. They had knowledge, but when faced with the fiery trials of life, they were saved by the fourth man. They had skill, but their skill could not save them in the fire and the moment of trial. It was only the fourth man that could do that. They had learning and wisdom, but when things got really hot, they needed the fourth man. John 1, 5, uh, 1 John 5, 7 says, for there were three that bear record in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost, and these three are one. That means any time we get into a trial or a fire, we're not alone. 
And if you want to look at it this way, there are four men in there with you. Or I should say three men in there with you, or three personages in there with you. The Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, and you. So you can be the fantastic four. So is there any challenge too great for God? When we look at our challenges, do we dread them? Do I dread standing up here today? <laughs> I do, but sometimes, uh, sometimes it takes obedience uh, to be able to, to take that step and move forward. So I'm very glad to, uh, to have the opportunity to speak up here today, and I hope it has some meaning to you, and I'm I don't know that I could, I certainly can't do it like the pastor does, but like I said, each one of us are given gifts. And his gift is speaking, leadership. Um, but, you know, he's not here today. We have to be able to pick up where somebody falls short. Um, we have to sometimes um, experience things that help refine us, and I hope learning both the positive and negative, negative things out of today for yourselves, um, certainly for me, that it helps me become stronger, hopefully a better speaker someday. <laughs> if not, I, I really truly hope that the Holy Spirit is with all of us and he can help us to hear what we need to hear and help us through any fire, any trouble. So I, I would like to point out one last thing, you know, other than being refined in the fire, um, the scripture specifically says, first off, they're, uh, they, they were bound up by the strongest man in, uh, in Babylon. But when they were thrown in the fire, those, uh, those bindings were instantly consumed and burned up. Um, their clothes weren't burnt up. You know, the hair wasn't singed. None of that. Um, and when they walked out of it and they talked to the king, not a smell of smoke was on him at all. So, not only did they not follow the rule of the king or the rule of the land, but they were able to stand up in it. They were able to go through the fire and still not be consumed and not be conformed and not have anything uh, negative attached to them on the way out of it. Now. Um, what that tells me is that uh, God hasn't changed. He's still the same God. And he's still offering to stand with us in the fire. So whatever your fire is, whether it be frying pan, otherwise, you know, he promises to be there. And he promises that he can fill you up to the point where Nothing else has to be there. He can refine you to the point where there's nothing um, taking away from your value to the kingdom. So um, I think that's I think that's all that uh, he had and all that I had. And uh, I do hope you got something out of the message today. So I'm gonna end in prayer if you don't mind.
Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for the opportunity to be up here today. I hope I've, uh, I've done well to, to bring your message and your word. And I certainly, uh, we've, we've asked for your Holy Spirit to be in each step of this service and uh, each step of this message. And I just pray, Lord, that through these things that we learn, uh, wherever we're at in our, in our lives, that um, we can look at the same story many, many times throughout many different years, yet through the, uh, through the lens of our circumstances, it has a different meaning. And whatever that meaning is for the folks that are out there today, for myself, I just pray, Lord, that um, you make it clear that you are there and you'll never leave us and you will protect us. Um, but you won't always keep us from the fire, but you walk with us through the fire. So thank you that we can trust you for that. Thank you that you have the power to do that. But thank you most of all for the gift of your son and his power of salvation in our lives, should we choose to accept it. Uh, in his name we pray, amen. I'm waiting for him. Amen. There it is. So in keeping with that, <laughs> there are a few people that would get this. In keeping with that, simple challenge for the week. May the 4th be with you. Unfortunately, it's not May 4th, but uh, that's the other title I'm using. But imagine that, you know, keeping, keeping the idea that through anything, through everything, you know, we can stand, we don't have to bow, and the fourth man in the fire is with us all the time. That's all I have. Thank you. Who wants to Yeah. Really? Joe, you want to do it? Take it away. <laughs> Lord, thank you so much for being with us every day. Thank you for being with Jeff as he stood up and spoke your message to us this morning. I kind of pray that as we leave out of here this morning, we would remember that that you are always there with us, Lord, that you you don't leave us and don't forsake us. God, that no matter what we may be going with, if we, we can just get it in our minds and remember in our hearts that you're there with us, we wouldn't be alone in it. Gotta thank you for that promise too, as I thank you for for the, the many ways you fulfill it, and the many examples you give us in life that others around us having you with them. Gotta pray as we go into this week that we would uh, find peace, we would find comfort and joy, that we would, we would just persevere through ever throughout whatever we're going through by leaning on you. It's in Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you.